Welcome to another edition of Under the Bus. Us three old guys who've seen some buses in our days usually are busting on people and throwing them under the bus. I'm Bob Stevens, formerly of ESPN. You see Curry Kirkpatrick, formerly of Sports Illustrated. Rich Basirico, the Hall of Fame basketball coach. I'm going to begin today, though, not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm going to begin today. Well, I was going to begin today with a quick reading uh, that I won't begin today. Anyway, today is the 44th anniversary. Yeah, I, I know. I did a great job of setting this up. But our great listeners and viewers are going to remember this speech. 44 years ago today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, Herb Brooks made the famous speech in the locker room and sent the U.S. hockey team out to beat the Russians. He said they might beat us nine out of ten times, but not tonight. Not tonight, uh, not not this time, not this time. Not yeah, this time. Remember where you were when that hockey game got played because you didn't get to see it live. It was tape delayed by three hours on ABC. Remember where you were, Curry? I remember exactly. I was sitting in my uh, vestibule in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina, my old home, first home there, and uh, watching that thing. And I had just done a I had just done a basketball story, which I think we talked about a few weeks ago. I just come back from doing a basketball story for Sports Illustrated. And uh, I wasn't a big hockey fan, but of course everybody on that on that day was a hockey fan. Sure, sure. absolutely. One Coach? of the biggest upsets ever, don't you think? Of course, and one of the great, one of the great speeches, speeches ever that Herb Brooks came and then they, they repeated in the, in the terrific movie, which was made, what, about 20 years ago, Kurt Russell yeah. playing Herb Brooks, really, really, really terrific. Rich, did That's you ever to... use that speech? <laughs> I, you know, I I don't remember the speech, believe it or not. I do remember, obviously, the game. The game, and you know, I, I'm not a hockey fan either, but I I watched that, you know, on tape delay because the excitement behind that, if we could beat Russia, would be unbelievable, and it and it happened. It happened. Yeah, and what what a lot of people don't remember, it wasn't the finals. We had to win another game to win the gold medal. It was a semi. It was a semis. And um, had to beat Finland and almost didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you That's think about it the... might be a letdown, right? After a big win like that, there could be a letdown. It's happened in sports many times, but uh, obviously they came and played and pulled. This it is out. the first, this is the first and maybe last time we've mentioned hockey on this podcast yeah. <laughs> since we've been, since we've been doing it, but congratulations, Bob. Just, just trying to, you know, show how rounded we are. Uh, <laughs> good job. Good job. Next good time job. Something happens in hockey that's this big. We'll lead with it again. All right. Yeah, we're sure. all agreed on that. Yeah. Uh, let's go to before we get to any, any other talk about Super Bowls and college football playoffs and all that. Um, it is now basketball season, college basketball season. You guys, uh, I know, are anxious for that. We began this past week. Ohio State firing its coach, uh, who were a two-seed three years ago, and then they go out and upset Purdue. UConn loses then by 19. Those were the two top teams, the teams you guys said were far and away the best teams in basketball. <laughs> Kentucky has lost. North Carolina has lost. Should we leave number one and maybe even number two vacant this week in the poll? Should uh, if, if you had a vote, not vote for anybody? Probably so. I mean, I, that's the beauty of college basketball, you know, the balance of the uh, anybody can beat anybody on a given night. I mean, for um, 
you know, Purdue to go to Ohio State. Now, obviously, he was on the road, and Ohio State was pumped up for him. Every team's ready to play Purdue. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised that uh, Ohio State did what they did to Purdue. I, I thought, um, you know, I don't think they go to their big man enough. I really don't. I mean, he's he's so much better than the inside game of Ohio State, and um, they just didn't go. I mean, there were three or four possessions in a row where they passed the ball inside of Eddie, and they, he got fouled every time. And he's a good foul. He's a very good foul shooter. Um, but I think they still should have went to him more. Um, Ohio State well, I think I think perimeter play. I think Rich, he got his what 25, 25 yeah. and fifteen. Yeah. He gets that every you know. He just yeah. he he gets that for falling out of bed. But um, a couple of their outside shooters uh, who are very important to them to Purdue. I mean, they've got to make shots. And Jones, the new guy and lawyer were four for 18 from outside. And so, you know, that's going to, that's going to hurt them. Uh, I think, you know, it's funny that the first, that's the first committee, the NCAA committee seeds came out with their first seeds uh, early in the week. And then everybody started losing. I mean, we had everybody going down. This is after, of course, we talked about separation. The top four teams were separating themselves from the rest of the country and, you know, with Houston, Arizona, Connecticut and Purdue, but, and I think they'll still be the top seeds, but, right. um, you know, it's just, uh, I heard you before we got on talking about, um, uh, Kentucky losing last night to LSU and it's a bad loss. I don't know that any loss on the road to a pretty good team is a bad loss. I mean, these people, you know, it was a miracle victory that LSU got, you know, the guy got right. the tip in at the end after right. Kentucky had come back and two unbelievable games last night in the sec alabama beat florida at home you know i mean alabama gets 95 you know stepping on the court they're gonna get 90 on you and uh it's it was just an amazing week in like you said rich in college basketball and then and then connecticut which was you know they were kind of on a 15 14 game winning streak they go to kate creighton and get their get get blown out right. and uh but but that again, that game started with Klingon, their big man, their seven two guy, getting in foul trouble, and he went to the bench, and all of a sudden, Creighton starts hitting threes out their butts. I mean, they hit a, I think they hit eleven threes in the first half, and the uh, you know they have the 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 little point guard uh, transfer from Utah, um, Steve Ashworth. He hit four, and you know it's it's so it's 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 also the modern day. College basketball, the Big East now goes through Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, you know, here's Creighton, here's Creighton in the Big East, and they're led by this little guard from Utah, from Alta, Utah, and he's beating Connecticut by himself. I mean, it was kind of funny. And uh, what what they lose by 19? 19. And, you know, they, they came back to 10 in the second half, but they couldn't get over the hump. But it, well, just shows, it just goes to show you, like, a game on the road against a good team you're going to have trouble winning no matter who you are. Without so a doubt. In, go, go ahead, Rich. No, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, please. Oh, I was just going to say, so let, let, let's kind of spin it forward. Late in February, uh, you got the, the, you know, we don't know who's the very best. The big action is down maybe on the bubble. Uh, you guys' second favorite team, St. John's, uh, you know, gets pounded <laughs> again. And, uh, and, then, and then Rick Pitino, speaking of under the bus, Right. Rick Pacino throws he's his team going, under the bus. He's uh, going and under the bus. I tee you up. He, he's uh, 
he talking about throwing under the bus. That was awful what he did about his players, number one. And then his assistant coaches, he threw under the bus saying they didn't do a good job recruiting. He brought the wrong, wrong type of players in. How do you work for a guy like that when there's no loyalty and your players, how do you play for him when he doesn't believe in you? And it's all about him. Like, they're not losing because of him. They're losing because his assistant coaches didn't do a good job and because his players aren't playing to the best of their ability. I, I don't know how, as a player, how I'd, I'd be ready to play for him. And as, as an assistant coach, I tell him to go take a hike. I'll see you next year. I'm going someplace else. Well, yeah, he threw his entire world under the bus. And he, he not to mention, how about the St. John's facilities? He actually right. called me. He said, he said, do we have shitty facilities? Yes. Uh, <laughs> But I don't, you know, and then he called it, I love this quote, which, I mean, that was a global rant, that guy. I mean, he's had some in his days, but that was, that was wonderful. And how about his last quote? He said, this is the most unenjoyable experience of my coaching life. This yeah. is a guy who, whose t term in Kentucky was tainted by, you know, a woman who accused him of having sex with her on a table in his own Italian restaurant. <laughs> and then he got fired at Louisville for having a hookers, a, a dorm with, with hookers. And this is his most enjoyable, unenjoyable experience. Come on, Rick. I mean, it's, of course, you know, they beat Georgetown last night. And of course, he apologized to the entire world after the game. Right, apologized right. to everybody. But, but I mean, I'm not sure you can get over that. Um, and his players played hard for him last night, they Rich. Did. I they mean, did. they, they, they love, they, you know, he keeps saying, I love my players. I love my players but they're not very good, you know? Yeah. Um, well, but he one recruited of the, one of the players going to do he, I mean, inside, you know, they're not, they don't like what he had to say, but they, they're going to continue to play, but that, you know, beating Georgetown on the road, anytime you win on the road, it's a good win, but Georgetown's terrible this year. Georgetown's so terrible. Great. And they were up by 19 and Georgetown did you guys, got it down to three. Did, did so, you guys watch the game? Did you guys watch the game at all? No. Watch last Patino time. last night? Yeah. No, I watched the Seton Hall game. I didn't watch last night. I was on the Well, road. no, but Patino, I'm telling you, there's something Rick looks about 112 years old. His skin, he looks like he has no blood in his body, in his face. It's so pale. He looks, I mean, it's sort, sort of sad. Isn't there a, don't you go to a clinic to get your blood removed to get you <laughs> to, to look younger or something? I mean, he looks like the, he looks like a zombie. Like, like, I mean, it's really, uh, I don't recognize him anymore. He has no well, color send him a, send him a text, in his cheek. His blood is, that. his blood has been devoured out of his body by some <laughs> ultra, I don't yeah. know. I tell you what it's from from losing. That's what it's from from losing. I, I guess I you can't guess handle so. it very well. I guess so. That's why you retired, right, Rich? <laughs> there you go. Curry, you're not you, you did not help this segue because I wanted to finish up this segment talking in college hoops about a guy we lost this week, uh, Lefty Drizel, who uh to me, the subject of the greatest bumper sticker of, of all time. Uh, you know, that said Duke, where Richard Nixon learned law and Lefty Drizel learned English. Uh, <laughs> probably you're still getting royalties for for creating that bumper sticker, but uh, uh, you're, you you have some probably fabulous stories about Lefty. Well, Lefty was one of the great characters of my uh, lifetime in in writing about sports. I mean, what a what a, what a what a neat guy. I mean, he he kind of came came across as this. Corn pone guy from Backwoods, Virginia. He talked like 
he talked like he was wearing overalls and had a toothpick in his mouth. But as as you, as you said, he, he went to Duke and, and he was an honor student at Duke, graduated there. He always used to say, I can't be that that dumb. I went to Duke. But, you know, he 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 brought Davidson out of out of nowhere uh, to prominence. Uh, he missed the final four one year. He had recruited a guy named Charlie Scott, who ended up going to North Carolina. And Davidson got to the to the um, elite eight in, um, in 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 Charlotte, where 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 Davidson was located. Played against Charlie Scott in North Carolina in the elite eight. Charlie Scott put forty on him, and and knocked him out of what was un, you know unable to go to the final four. Uh, Lefty started his career at Maryland by announcing that Maryland was going to be the UCLA of the East. Remember that great quote. And he was derided. He was derided and mocked for that forever until the season of 1973-74 started out with a game Maryland played at Duke, a game in December that we covered, I covered, and we put it on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That's how big this game was because Sports Illustrated never did a college basketball game, put it on the cover in December. And this was the great team that Lefty recruited at Tom McMillan and Len Elmore and John Lucas at guard. And they played Bill Walton's great UCLA team, which had won 74 in a row. And they went into Pauley Pavilion, and it was an unbelievable game. It was a one-point game that Maryland lost at the buzzer. It was a broken play. It was a broken play. UCLA scored to go up by a point. Um, Maryland and UCLA brought the ball at half court. Maryland fouled. A, a kid named Tommy Curtis at the gun. Lefty was down by one. Lefty, I'll never forget this. He went to his knees, signaling to the referees, "No basket, no basket. Do not make, do not let him shoot free throws." And they didn't. And Lefty was saying, "You know, he just lost the biggest game of his life by one point, and he wanted to know the world that it was only by one point." It wasn't by anymore. And he was waving off the bat. I mean, it was just great. And he came out after the game. He said, man, it sure wasn't a W, but I sure am proud. And his his career was kind of marked by, by, by losses. Later in that season, Maryland played North Carolina State in the finals of the ACC championship in Greensboro. The game was 103 to 100 went into overtime. I was so mad because I was out in LA covering UCLA against USC and I couldn't do this game. So I was watching on TV. It was one of the greatest games of all time in college basketball. And uh, he'd lost by three again. This was a game, you know, when you could only have the league would only send one team to the tournament. So lefty again, lost his chance to get the NCAAs. He went to the North Carolina state bus. He went on the bus after the game and he told the North Carolina State players how proud he, he was of them and his own team. And he congratulated them. And he said, I hope you guys go on to win the championship. And one month later, they did. They beat UCLA in the semifinals in the national championship and then beat Marquette in the finals and to, to stop Bill Walton's great, uh, great uh, career winning streak. So Lefty was a great character. Yeah, I mean, he was just wonderful. Just, just as an aside, was that the year you were covering USC UCLA? Was that the year that USC only lost two games? Yeah, two yeah. Games to UCLA, and those were the days, as you know, only one team got to go to the tournament from each conference. That that game, that NC State Maryland game, though, uh, led to them changing the rule. The next the next year, 
they let they let 30 teams in instead of 24 and it changed forever the game changed the ncaa tournament forever that game and lefties a part of that he used to you know his great rival was dean smith and he always used to think dean was you know on a level above everybody else and got all the calls and somebody once asked him there was there were they, they were thinking about adding three refs this was in the days when there were only two refs and they were thinking about adding three and they asked lefty what what he thought about it. he says I don't, I don't like that i don't like that because now when i play dean it'll be eight against five instead of seven <laughs> seven against five <laughs> He once, played, he, he once played a game, one more thing, he once played a game yeah. in Chapel Hill in the old Carmichael Auditorium, and one of the assistants went in the, into the Maryland locker room right before the game, and Lefty was standing on the toilet looking at the ceiling, like looking at what's going on, and said, Coach, what are you doing? He said, I know Dean's got microphones planted in this place somewhere. <laughs> he was he was just wonderful. Um yeah, he died. He lived in 92, 92 years old. What a great life. Yeah. Indeed. That, that, that's fabulous stuff. All right. Yeah. We've used more than half the show. Hey, one, just more, one, more, one more thing. One, one more <laughs> okay. thing about coaches. We're going to use late, even more than half the show. Go late, ahead. One more thing about coaches. Late late last night, Hurley, okay, gets beat at Creighton two, two nights ago. Did you see what he did after the game, Hurley? I heard he apologized. He said he was all. He, he took well, no, no. Blocks. Well, he had to. He's going off the court, and the Creighton fans are screaming and yelling at him. And security is, of course, escorting Hurley off, and he's yelling up to a fan. And lip lip readers say what he was saying was, "Come across that rope, and I'm going to knock you out." <laughs> and he he can't do. And then, but then the film shows, the tape shows. He really wants some of this. You know, he's he's on one side of the then right after that, he goes to the other side and he's yelling at this side. He wants everybody to come down and get him. And then he posted, you guys, he posted something yesterday, a little tape of some medieval figure. I think it's Jesus walking through a crowds and they're screaming and yelling at him. And Hurley posted his face on the oh. figure of Jesus as he's walking through this crowd. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. And this this is the same this is the same coach who in the preseason said, you know, at Connecticut, we're not a blue collar basketball. We're uh, we're a blue collar basketball team. We're we're not an internet basketball team. And then he goes, you know, he goes on X and posts posts that thing yesterday. It was great. That's These coaches stuff. are tripping, I'm telling you. There you go. Uh, we're going to tell some more coach stories next week. We're going to talk about a number coming up next. The number is two hundred and eleven. No. Stay with us as we come back FBA. under the bus. <laughs> Welcome back under the bus. Bob Stevens along with Curry Kirkpatrick and Rich Basirico. Uh, last week's All-Star game, the NBA finally starting back up again this last week. And uh, 211 to 186, the All-Star game. Um, I'm going to start out by not throwing anybody except Adam uh, Silver under the bus. Because wow. he, except who? Did, except Adam who? Silver I'll throw under the bus, oh, yeah. the commissioner of the NBA, because he did not seem too excited about this at all. He had, he had been preaching that he wanted to see some defense. I actually thought, you know, that's what people wanted to see was guys jacking up threes. And he certainly got that. 
Bob, you know how many, how many threes they, they, they attempted between the two teams? How many? 168. <laughs> 168 three-pointers. The, the, the purists want to see defense. They do want to see defense. You want to see – I mean, I know you want to see scoring, but that's ridiculous. Play some D. You heard Larry Bird came out before the game and said, hey, I want these guys to play hard. Hard. How do you play? You, you play zero defense. You know how many foul shots were taken in the game? Total. Total foul shots. Five. Three. Five. Three. Five. 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 So that means there's no defense because no one's reaching. No one's touching anybody. This is, they're just bombing away. I, I how about your boy? It. How about your boy? How about your boy? Carl Anthony Towns scored 50. 50. 50. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you remember this. His last attempt going for 52 he tried this alley-oop layup at the buzzer, and he almost castrated himself. He <laughs> fell over himself, and it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I mean, these guys trying to get trying to get 52. Come on, cat, the big cat. What are you talking about? I want uh, Rich, I couldn't watch Bob, the whole, yes. Bob, the whole NBA. Let's talk about the whole NBA weekend. I mean, yeah. first of all, the skills competition. Do can you figure out what they're trying to do? What they're trying to prove? Nobody, the players themselves, don't know where to go in the skills. They're all wandering around, not where to go. go. And somebody, somebody should tell TNT that, that Kevin Harlan and and Reggie Miller and Kenny Smith. You can't even hear them when they're talking about. It. They're trying to say funny stuff. You can't even hear them because the crowd is screaming and these guys are. I mean, the skills competition is. I I don't know. I, the whole thing. Then how about the dunk contest? I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, guy I think it's a, that wins it. the guy that he's playing in the G League and he wins. The yeah. Second yeah. In I, but jumping over people is so over. Come on. I mean, it's so dead. I mean, they've either got to here's here's what would save the dunk. contest. They've got to get the great players to 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 enter the dunk contest. Some name players, the LeBrons. You know the the Greek freaks. They've got to get these guys to do the dunk contest, or it, it is, or either either that, or go recruit some of these TikTok teams from the street that go. You know they do this while that's that that's what they should do. Get a few of those guys in there. Oh, that's like the, the home run contest. derby in baseball, Coach. What do you think in terms of of uh, the dunk the contest? Whole thing. I the floor is yours. It doesn't. Do anything to me. I don't enjoy it at all. I don't enjoy not having guys play defense. I mean, I know kids love the dunks and all these three pointers and so forth. I don't watch the skills. I don't watch the three point shooting. I don't. To be honest, <laughs> I don't watch any of it. It's just the only well, time I watch the NBA is in the um, playoffs. I've watched a little bit because the Knicks have done well this year. Um, here we go. Here we go. Made some good trades. Yeah, we got to talk about the Knicks. Here we we got to talk about. St. John's. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. I want to. I want to. Wait a minute. I think one way. I was thinking the way to save the All Star game at one point. I was thinking make it, make it, the U.S. against the rest of the world. But yeah. then you, but then you see Jokic and Doncic. These guys don't even care in the All Star game. They don't even try. I mean, they don't even care. I mean, Doncic goes down, and 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 the young players. You know, we got Anthony Edwards, one of the great young stars in the NBA. He's throwing up shots left-handed, and he even said after the game, "I don't. Who cares about this game? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's like a dead dog. You've got to kill it or do something. I I don't know. I don't know. The best thing but, to do. You know what the best thing to do for it is eliminate it. Don't even kill have it. it anymore. Yeah, That's the best. Just, thing to have it. Yeah, kill it. Yeah, like like the like the NFL. Like the NFL did the Pro Bowl game. I mean, they killed it and whatever. 
Maybe they could do three on three at each end. They play three on three. The one and good thing, have... the Go one ahead. good thing about the All Star Game was uh, Curry, Steve Stephen Curry shooting against Sabrina Inescu. That yeah. was really great. I mean, it lasted about eight minutes of three days of All Star <laughs> bullshit. Excuse me, but but you know, Sabrina against Curry was terrific because I thought, I mean. I was really sexist. I had no idea that she would, she would, I, I didn't think she'd make 20, you know, the, that's kind of the line. And she made right. 26, which is ma on, on her turn. She made 26. Curry had to make 29 to beat her. And she was terrific. I mean, it, it, it was like Billie Jean King, Bobby Riggs match. It was yeah. really amazing. I mean, she did more for the WNBA than, than since it's been, I think, than since it's been created. Well, I think that was the only good thing of the weekend, really. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. People enjoyed, and they handled and it so well had, because it mattered. It mattered to her anyway, and I yeah. think it mattered to Steph Curry, and and therefore we got competition, which is uh, well, I guess. And they handled it. They they handled it so well. They both, you know, were gracious to each other, and they both said how nervous they were. Curry seemed really nervous. I mean, you know, after she made the twenty six, now he's got to go out there and save his reputation. I mean, it was really neat. <laughs> he knew how big a deal that her making yeah, 26 yeah. was. Absolutely. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. All right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to move on then. We're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back. we got a lot of different stuff to talk about. I want to talk about uh, a, a, a magical weekend in golf, a magical Sunday in golf. You guys may have some other things we'll bring up. We'll do that when we come back under the bus. Welcome back under the bus. Bob Stevens, formerly of ESPN, Curry Kirkpatrick, formerly of Sports Illustrated, Rich Basirico, formerly of Hilton Head Prep, as a Hall of Fame basketball coach in South Carolina, and the guy who brings a little sanity to these uh, to these proceedings for sure. Uh, coming off the Super Bowl, uh, I don't think, do you guys have any reason to say we should no longer have celebrations after the after the sadness, the little disaster we had in Kansas City celebrating, do we still need to have celebrations after these, or do we need to get rid of those? That's a good question. I mean, I celebration, the fans wanted to do that. You know, obviously the players want to be out there in front of them, and it's so sad that what happened with uh, those guys shooting. I guess they were shooting each other, right? Aren't they shooting each yeah. other? They got in an argument, and then of course yeah, they've arrested. They've arrested two two adults right. now. Just the right. argument. They didn't oh. even know each other, and somebody said something. It's so distressing. And my take on it is, you know, we're talking about celebratory parades, and um, I mean, can we ever have another parade that we won't think about this? Um, I, I don't think so. I think it's it's smeared uh, parades. It, it also has taken, I mean, I go so far as to say, you know, Taylor Swift was supposed to be in that parade. And instead she went to uh, Australia to do, you know, continue her tour. But I had read where the city had suggested to the chiefs that they not have Taylor be in the parade uh, because of the, you know, even more people would get there. And to think that, you know, this was right after the parade happened, the shootings. Mm -hmm. 
And to think that that was, I mean, it's just so depressing to think that now even, I think it's even, to, you know, when you read about Kelsey and when you read about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift now, is is that, are we going to be able to disremember what, what happened at this parade? I, I don't think so. And it's really sad. I, it's I think, very, very sad. Yeah. I think time will heal that wound. Uh, uh, as a as a last thought on the week, I'm going to give a very different take on a golf tournament last weekend. Tiger did come back, although he only stayed for about 25 holes. Uh, got to wear his new shirts, uh, got the flu, left. Uh, but what we saw on Sunday, and I'm amazed. What? 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 No, no, I, no. Go, 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 go ahead. Let, yeah. let me let me finish the rant. Uh, what we saw on Sunday, and I'm amazed. CBS didn't catch it. Um, none of the writers, golf writers, who were usually pretty sharp on this kind of stuff, caught it. What we saw on Sunday was Tiger Woods. He just happened to be from a different minority. He was wearing a solid-colored, primary-colored shirt, and he was Yellow. hitting the ball inside two feet down the stretch. <laughs> and, and we're, of course, talking about uh, Shigeki Mariyama, who came back and won the tournament. It was a five-way tie with four holes to go. And then he hits a, a dart to about a foot, then hits another dart to about a foot, then birdies the next hole, ends up winning by two and uh, and coasted home. And he was playing Tiger Woods. He just didn't happen to be Tiger Woods. Uh, I thought it was a brilliant performance. Good stuff. I'm well, just, can, I'm that's just... what you want in the golf tournament, isn't it? Isn't what you want in the golf tournament? All those guys being, you know, tied with four holes to go. That's, that's, that's the beauty of the game. You got to yeah. love it. I mean, I, I throw the other guys under the bus for not catch keeping up with him, but boy, he played brilliantly. Curry. Well, I just wonder when we're going to talk about a golf tournament without having to talk about Tiger Woods. I mean, Bob, <laughs> this is, since his since his accident, this is what the fifth turn, fifth or sixth tournament he's played in. Four of them, he's either withdrawn or missed the cut. Um, I think it's time that we realize he's just not going to he's not going to be on our leaderboard anymore. Um, now his kid, did you just read this? His kid, Charlie, yeah. who's 15, is just going to try to try to qualify for a professional tournament. Uh, so he's keeping his name in there. I think, um, you know, the, but speaking of, uh, Riviera, this is Riviera, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. What is the deal with Jordan Spieth? One of our great names in golf can't even count. Apparently he signs the wrong score to he's disqualified. Tigers out before the weekend. Uh, all this stuff ha happens. Oh, and your boy, uh, who's the guy that was Cantley? He can't call four. Remember this? <laughs> Early in the round, he's on the 18th. He hits the shot into the crowd. And he doesn't call four, and everybody rips him. And uh, they say, Bob, you're the golf guy. What yeah. is he not yelling for because he wants the crowd to keep there? Somebody gets hit, and the ball rolls onto the green. What's the deal? Well, yeah, that might be. <laughs> I, I have I mean, no explanation. I have no explanation for. I mean, there's a that, there's but. a controversy controversy every day at Riviera, and of course, my, uh, uh, the Japanese guy just goes nuts sure. on the final day. But Bob, yeah. we have we have this a lot of golf tournaments guys come out of nowhere on the final day, right? I mean, it seems to me it's not that big a deal anymore. It, no, then that, that's not the part that I that I'm. I'm you you just wanted the the minority, the guy wearing the yellow shirt, and 
playing like Tiger. There was a guy playing like Tiger. We just didn't recognize it. Maybe we could, it. we've forgotten that, that that's how Tiger uh, used to play. Uh, final Tiger. thoughts from either one of you guys uh, on on the week uh, behind or the week ahead, Rich. You got well. Thoughts? I'm gonna. I want to throw uh, UVA under the bus for basketball. Okay. Um, they have a great coach, <laughs> terrific coach, outstanding. But they are 20 and 7. So that's a pretty darn good record, right? 20 and 7. Here are their losses. They lost by 34, 24, 23, 22, 19, 16. And their last game lost to Pitt at home by 11. Now, how's the team who's 20 and 7 get beat so bad? And there's a perfect example of having a terrific coach and not getting it done because you gotta have you gotta have good players. Well, that's and a question for you, Rich. Rich, why is that happening? Why is it happening? Yeah. I, that's a great question, Curry. I don't, I'm not sure because Bennett's an outstanding coach. I, I have that much respect for him and what he gets out of his players. But I don't know why. How do you get beat that bad? You know, you win 20 well, here's, games, seven of those games. You yeah, win. here's here's what's going to happen. That that was at Virginia Tech, right? At Virginia, yeah. yes. And that's that's their rival at Virginia Tech. They get blown out by thirty seven or whatever. Now they're gonna they're gonna play Saturday home game against North Carolina. Right. Carolina has the one Carolina hasn't won there in over a decade. So watch, they'll play great and they'll beat us. So <laughs> I'm I don't know. You, Curry. Look at, I mean, look what you did against Syracuse. You know, you kicked their you know what by thirty six and then you I know and then and then, and then Syracuse gets beat by Georgia Tech. Come on. <laughs> it's very strange. I got to bring up one more thing about these yeah. coaches and how, you know, their rants and stuff. Yeah. So another one of our under-the-bus candidates every week, John Calipari. Yeah. So Kentucky Kentucky plays this great game against at Auburn, beats Auburn for the first time, and Auburn's on a 15-game win. Calipari beats them. Of course, they lost last night to uh, – to LSU on the road, another great court storming. We haven't t even talked about. I tell you what, if I have a court storm, I want to have my girl Angel Reese storming the court like she did last night at LSU. She was great. She she got, she got some more attention. But Calipari, after he beats Auburn, he goes in the press conference, and this is how paranoid these guys are. He starts out by saying to these guys, to the to the sort of press, he says, "Oh, what are all these people doing here?" And he says, I know what you're doing here. You're here to kill me. He says, don't kill me. Kill my kids. Don't kill me. You know, he's unlike, unlike Patino, who doesn't take any risk, who doesn't take any responsibility for his team's getting blown out. Calipari says, look, kill, my, kill me. Don't kill my kids. But why is he? So, why are these guys so paranoid? I mean, he just has the biggest win of the year and he's going after the press. Give me a break. Come on, Kerry. You know they've been paranoid for thirty years, and that most of it has been directed at you. Yeah, they came after <laughs> you all the time. Didn't they're they? not doing it now. I know. So all what, the time. What do you do when they came after you? What do you do? All did the time. Leave or what? I just give a, a, a witty response, <laughs> like like I, like I'll leave like I'll leave the room to so my fellow broadcasters and writers can can listen to you. <laughs> That's what that's what Bobby Knight once did. He threw me out of press conference. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Have we, have we got a, have we got one more minute, Bob? Yeah, yeah. Take one more. You're minute. Mr. Time Man. Speaking of this, I'm my greatest moment. My greatest moment was at a Syracuse Georgetown game. This is when they both were great and they played for the championship of the Big East on a Sunday at Syracuse. Syracuse won the game. Um, 
Jim Beheim come in comes in, and we didn't make one of his players play, player of the year that year. And the first thing he says, he, he's just won the B's championship. And he looks at me and he says, Curry, you know sports, you know my guy was sports player, not your guy. He rips me. <laughs> then John Thompson comes in, and the first thing he says, he rips me for something. So it was great. Both the coaches, I think I must be doing something right, and both of them are gonna rip me. That was great. Those were the days. Those were the days. I remember I remember this because I was standing right next to Spike Lee. He was such a he was such a Georgetown honk in those days. You know, he'd go to all of John Thompson's games and he he got a press credential for some reason. And I was standing next to him and he's looking at me like, who is this guy? You know, he has no idea who I am, and they're both ripping me, the coaches. And Spike Lee's like, Who's this? It was great. Why do I want to know him so I can rip him someday? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But Curry, didn't you love that when they ripped you? Didn't you? Oh love that? yeah, it was great. I said it was one of the great moments of my life. Yeah, <laughs> like like Patino, it was one of the most enjoyable experiences of my life. <laughs> Good way to tie a knot on this one. <laughs> Thanks so much to our producer Justin Jarrett for Rich Basirico and Curry Kirkpatrick. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week from somewhere under the bus. Sounds good. Take care, guys.